Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you. You need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. You, you, you young people, it's your movement now. It's not your parents anymore. The blood that is shed cries out to God from the ground for justice. And now, here's Mark. Coming to you from the uh, studios here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and you're listening to the Mark Harrington Show. And folks, you can find out more about us by going to our website at markharringtonshow.com. We are uh, broadcast over the air in Ohio and West Virginia right now. We also are streaming on all of my social media platforms. And you can pick us up on all the podcasting platforms. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, a little bit about me. I'm the uh, president of Created Equal which is a national pro-life organization that raises up the next generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win because winning is how the killing ends. And we do that by going to college and high school campuses. Uh, For today, we're going to be talking about rescuing, rescuing babies from abortion. Uh, And there's no better person to be talking about that with than my good friend, Monica Miller. And Monica is the author of this book, Abandoned, the untold story of the abortion wars. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the experiences that Monica had that she outlines in this book today. We're also going to be talking about rescuing, what that means or has meant, I guess, maybe as well, historically, and then with the Red Rose rescues that are taking place across America. So, uh, you know, stick around, folks. I think you're going to really enjoy this program. You're going to be inspired to do more for the cause of Christ and for the babies. So I hope you, uh, you can uh, join us and, and spend the whole time with us today. So, uh, again, my guest is Dr. Monica Miller. Uh, Monica, thanks for being on the program today. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you. So, uh, Monica, we just saw each other at uh, Joe Scheidler's funeral just a couple of weeks ago uh, in Chicago. And, um, you know, just briefly, I know Joe meant the world to you. Of course, I knew Joe as well. Not as long as you did. But, um, you know, Joe was a pioneer, a pioneer for pro-life activism. He he pioneered the use of victim photography and video, which is something that we use uh, all the time. If you would, just tell us, you know, what the life of Joe Scheidler meant to you. Well, I met Joe Scheidler when I was uh, just 24 years old. So I was I was young and, and just getting wow. started in, in pro-life work. Yeah. And I met him at a meeting. Somebody invited me to go to a pro-life meeting. I said, well, sure, why not? So the meeting uh, turned out to be a, a meeting to plan a sit-in. <laughs> <laughs> in at an abortion clinic, I take it. Yeah, well, right. At, in Chicago, uh, Joe Scheidler was okay. at that time the president of the Illinois Right to Life Committee. What um, year was that? That was that was 1978. Wow. And um, 
I jumped in with you know both feet, uh, you know, in 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 the yeah. deep end. I I had no hesitations. Maybe I'm just a I don't know a crazy person, but I you know what excuses Probably. did I had? I had no excuses. I was young. I was not married. I had no children. I was I was in college, and I I just felt that this to sit in now this you know this was before we even started to call them rescues, um, right. but I just felt that the unborn deserved a real act of defense. And mm -hmm. that was my that was my introduction to Joe. And I I um learned activism from him. I really did. And being out on the streets with him in countless demonstrations, uh other rescues that that we did together in Chicago, um, the way that he was able to attract media attention to expand our pro-life presence, um, running after the pro-abortion politicians with his signage, um, yeah. getting us into rallies with these pro-abortion pro politicians where we were able to you know, yell, what about the babies, Geraldine? Yeah. <laughs> and Geraldine Ferraro. Geraldine Ferraro, yeah, that's going um, back know, a while. <laughs> yeah, that's going back. Um, I, I have told Joe, I told Joe about 20 years ago, uh, he and I teamed up when I was living in Illinois briefly before our family moved to Michigan, Joe and I teamed up to do the first Face the Truth tours in Illinois. And at a farewell party, because as I said, I, I, I was moving to Michigan, I said to Joe that there is no other person on earth that has had more influence on me in my adult life, even more than my own father, than Joseph Scheidler. And uh, I think that really that that really impressed him <laughs> deep, very deeply. Um, and we became very, very, very good friends. Right. Well, Joe was a great man, and uh, we're going to miss him dearly. Uh, so, uh, Monica, in your book here, abandon the untold story of the abortion wars. They're all. It's full of stories over the years of the things that you had done uh, to rescue children. I'd like to take a few minutes and, and have you share one or two of those. And then I would like to talk about rescuing uh, currently uh, what's going on with the Red Rose Rescues. So if you would, I mean, the one that I recall, and maybe you don't need to speak to this one, but the one I recall the most is the one where you talk about being at the edge of the world, which is oh, uh, right. you were you were picking up or you were uh, getting the babies from a loading dock where they were going to be taken to be burned like common garbage. And you have a, a section in here about that. That to me was so very powerful. The edge of the world, I, I guess I had never really thought of in those terms. Right, well, in 19, 1988, um, our, our group actually teamed up with, with Joseph Scheidler um, to, uh, well, okay, let me get a little backstory here. We found out that a pathology lab in Northbrook, Illinois, was basically being uh, used as a dumping ground for about 12 different abortion clinics from all over the country. A lot of them were these clinics that were owned by a woman named Susan Hill. This was basically her franchise. franchise. So any clinic would be like the Summit Women's Health Organization or the Delaware Women's Health Organization. So these were the WHO clinics, right? Women's Health Organization uh -huh. clinics, the majority of them. But anyway, um, we found out that Vital Med, the name of the laboratory, was stockpiling on their loading dock every week 
literally boxes of aborted babies. I know this sounds absolutely incredibly bizarre. It was the, it was the dark secret of the abortion industry. They were shipping mm -hmm. these bodies in parcel post and they were winding up on the loading dock of the pathology lab. And we knew that they were being picked up for uh, incineration, um, an incineration company, because we actually found the paperwork. Um, so the first night that we went to Vital Med to, to retrieve the, 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 the victims was very late at night. It was, an, it was cold, like it is now, February. <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. cold night, about 10, 1030 at night. And the loading dock was within a very, very large garage space. And there was a utility door always open, always unlocked and very quiet, isolated. This was in an industrial park. We open up the door and we're immediately confronted by a, a loading ramp and it goes straight down to the loading dock itself. And I could see as I got closer, I could see the cardboard boxes and we jump up on the loading dock and we open the flaps. And sure enough, we're confronted by hundreds of aborted babies. Most of them are in world packs ranging anywhere from six weeks gestation to six months gestation. How do we know that? Because the, the age, the gestational age of the victims were actually written on the bags with the date of the abortion and sometimes even the, the mother's names on the bags and the names of the abortionists uh, mm -hmm. often were on these bags. And they were in the boxes. We knew exactly where they were coming from because the return labels were on those boxes. So we knew exactly where they were coming from. Delaware, North Carolina, Fargo, North Dakota, Chicago, Milwaukee, uh, New Jersey. Um, it was incredible. And I thought to myself, where am I exactly? H how is yeah. it that a, a baby yeah. a, a, a conceived in Raleigh, North Carolina, was winding up on a loading dock in an industrial park in Northbrook, Illinois, waiting for to be picked up for garbage incineration. And it struck, this probably is indeed the, the most profound lesson I have learned in my vast pro-life experience. I learned that abortion that night is not just, put quotation marks around that, but not just about the killing of the unborn. What was the real plight of these victims? The real plight was a terrible, radical, horrible loneliness. They were cast yeah. out of the human family, severed from all connection with human communion and mm -hmm. loneliness. And I really felt very that deep that deep sense that when we actually moved the boxes, you know, picked them up, and and it, this was like an embrace. We were. We were bringing them back into the human family, into human communion. And I said, I'm not just metaphysically speaking, this is not just a, a place. You know, this is not just a loading dock in Northbrook, Illinois. Where was I really? I was at the edge of the world. What's the edge of the world? The edge of the world is the place furthest out from human communion. And that is where the unwanted go. That is where we put them. 
And that's, that's where we were whenever we went back. This was a 10-month project. We went back every week, at the end of which we had 5,000 bodies, we, and we did not wow. get them all. We spent the, the, basically the whole year of 1988 burying the dead. Yeah, and I want to talk about that. My guest again today is Dr. Monica Miller. Folks, you can pick up her book, uh, Abandon the Untold T- Story of the Abortion Wars, by going to Amazon.com or go to her website at uh, citizensforaprolifesociety.net. You can pick up the book. Um, and there's all kinds of stories in here uh, about the types of things that she's talking about here, as well as blocking abortionist cars, being arrested, doing sit-ins, going to jail. I'd like to get to some of these. But I do want to finish that thought there, uh, Monica, the idea that they deserve a humane burial. Right. I don't think a lot of people think in terms of that, right? I mean, they think, oh, let's save the babies from abortion. But we don't think about the baby's bodies after the abortion. Well, I think it, it's a very yeah. profound, profound and important point to make. Well, here's the staggering thing. Um, it, it almost is impossible to imagine this, but at this point, we're talking about approximately 62 million victims yeah. under Roe v. Yeah. Wade. So the question is, right. where are they? Right. Where do you put 60 million dead people? They are washed into our sewer lines. They're in our landfills. They're disintegrated. Or, uh, they go up in smoke and crematoriums and so on. The, yeah. We only have a fraction of these victims that manage to find their way into a human cemetery where where they are they are buried with with wanted babies, right? And in, in, mostly in, in you know the infant sections of cemeteries, um, and so actually from that 1988 find of these babies at Vital Med, there was a proliferation of burial sites because we tried to return. Um, this was one of the things that we wanted to do is give back to the pro-lifers in the various cities where these babies had been murdered to, to, to give them give these bodies back to those pro-lifers. And so the, the, the burial sites multiplied uh, as a consequence of, of that. And, and, and the other thing that's important here is that, like I said, it's almost impossible to wrap our minds around 62 million dead people. Where are they, right? Yeah, but that right. that drives the point home that we are really dealing with human beings who once upon a time actually lived, their bodies mm. were actually torn apart. They right. are real, and we I, mean, I have all the photographs that we took as a, as also a consequence of finding these babies. By the way, let me I could drive people to the website, which is imagesofabortion.com. So they're galleries right. of photo, photographs, imagesofabortion.com. My guess again, Dr. Monica Miller, we're talking about her book, Abandoned, uh, The Untold Story of the Abortion Wars. Uh, Monica, if you would, I'd like to, to switch gears a little bit here and talk about rescuing. Yes. Um, uh, you know, you have over the years uh, been arrested for blocking the doors to abortion centers back in the 80s and early 90s, even before that, I think. Also, uh, but recently um, it's kind of had a rebirth. Yes. Uh, calling them Red Rose Rescues. Uh, this is now happening across America. If you would please explain what rescues were, Operation Rescue, if you will, back in the day, and now Red Rose Rescues. What are those? What is that? 
Right. Well, unfortunately, a lot of pro-lifers, uh, especially maybe, you know, the younger, the younger generation has no memory uh, that once upon a time, there was a, a very vibrant, very vigorous r rescue movement, uh, Operation mm -hmm. Rescue in particular, uh, in the late 1980s and into the mid-1990s, where literally tens of thousands of pro-lifers were blocking the doors to abortion clinics, risking arrest, protecting the unborn. What happened, in long story short, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, 19, the, the, uh, the, that bill that, that was signed by President Clinton, 1994, made rescuing a federal offense. And, and, yes. there, and a lot of other complicated reasons why that movement essentially um, went by the wayside. But I've always felt very strongly that the unborn deserve a presence. They, they deserve a practical, peaceful, nonviolent, and very insistent on that. And there's mm -hmm. reasons for that. Defense. Look, at, I, if, um, if my life was threatened, somebody was going, it was attacking me with a knife. I would, wouldn't you want someone to put their bodies between the assailant and, and yourself? You would at least want someone to recognize that your life has has value and 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 that you have a right to be defended and that's what we want to do in a rescue is defend offer a real practical act of defense for the unborn now red rose rescue is a little bit different in this regard and and now we're in our we're going into our fourth year of doing red rose so rescue. just to recap just to recap to go back so operation rescue rescuing citizen in front of abortion door uh doors of abortion mill, mills that was happening in the late 80s and 90s uh blocking access that's what right. you were doing you were blocking right. yes. access you're yes. preventing people from uh women from coming in and and actually committing the abortions that was for all intents and purposes ended by bill clinton with the passage of the freedom to access clinic answers law which is face still on the books today but since then and now there's been kind of a rebirth that is what you're yes. calling the red rose rescue right, so right. go ahead we from there re, i just wanted have, to recap have, yeah we have reached in a sense we've reconfigured the okay. rest the rescue effort red rose rescue so we we will have a team of rescuers we cap it basically at, at six because we do, this is not a protest of abortion we don't want to glut the waiting room of the abortion center with a, with a, with a whole bunch of pro-lifers. We want to go in there and be as quiet, as inconspicuous as possible for as long as possible. Go in, literally sit down next to the moms who are, you know, in another five minutes, they're going to go down the hallway to the abortion chambers and kill their children. And at that last minute, really offer the moms and uh, words of encouragement and real practical help. And, and we have had women turn away. Uh, even in the, la the latest rescue is just this January 30th in Silver Spring, Maryland. And indeed a Hispanic woman uh, was, was counseled by Lauren Handy, one of the rescuers, and she left the clinic saying, I'm keeping my baby. I've made a decision to keep my baby. So we know that this does save lives, but, in, but more, maybe in, in a sense more significantly, the, the, all the babies, even even if they if they all wind up going to their deaths, they were all we had they had that extra act of love um, mm -hmm. in recognition of their humanity 
Right. And so we go in the clinic, we sit down and talk to the moms, but if the mothers refuse our help, part of the rescue, very importantly, we will stay. We will stay with those babies. We will not leave them. We will we will be in solidarity with them. And we have we have learned not always is the case, but the but the majority of our, our, our time, the times that we've been in these abortion clinics doing these rescues. As long as there's a pro-life presence there, uh, the abortions are halted and the unborn. And so are, l- yeah, go to ahead. To interrupt, I'm sorry, Monica, we, we we got about a couple minutes left here. Uh, so, I mean, I think we understand what's going on there. Um, so generally what happens, you refuse to leave in solidarity with the children uh, and that leads to your arrest. That now, some people would right. often release your arrest. Now, I mean, we, we don't have a lot of time in this uh, first segment to talk about this, but there would be many who would say just with Operation Rescue that we shouldn't be breaking the law, breaking <laughs> the law. In other words, that you are getting arrested. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be law abiding people. Romans 13 says this to to obey the civil authority. How do you react to that? Yeah, well, Romans 13, St. Paul is is talking about a ruler that is acting according to God's law. And uh, an unjust law is not a true law. And and just because there's a law that says uh, somebody can be put to death with the sanction of our judicial system doesn't make it right. We are offering an act of love and charity to these moms and to these babies. They deserve it. The, the, you know, as St. Thomas Aquinas said, an unjust law is no law at all. Indeed, it is violence. And, and we have every moral right to offer an act of charity to these moms and to these babies, irrespective of whatever the so-called legal system says about it. Right. So the point is not to get arrested. The point no. is to stand in solidarity with the, with the children themselves. And as a result, if necessary, that would require arrest. And we're not going to you know, obey these arbitrary laws that are set in place protecting child killing. Folks, listen, I want you to take action. I want you to do something about this. And here's how you can do it. We're going to be giving away five of uh, of Monica's books, The uh, Abandoned, The Untold Story of the Abortion Wars. You can go to our website at markharrington.org, markharrington.org. We're going to give up to five of these books away free to the first five people. So go there to our uh, website, markharrington.org or markharringtonshow.com, either one, and fill out the contact form and send us an email saying, I want one of these books. We'll send it to you for free free of charge. I'm telling you, it is the best book on abortion. It talks about the history of Operation Rescue and all the other things, but it's also just gets to the heart of the matter. So we're going to be giving away five of these. Again, go to markharrington.org, just fill out the contact form, and we will send you the book for free. The other thing is you can do is join us on the sidewalk. Uh, Monica's in Michigan. We're in Ohio. You can join us in either one of those places, or we can coordinate things and set up things for you to meet someone at your local abortion center in your town, in your state, so you can be a presence standing against the evil of our day. That is the uh, child killing. So we can do that. So we can give away, we're going to give away a free book if you wish, or also you can just join us on the sidewalk. We need your support. Uh, Monica, in the time we have left here, um, what I'd like you to do is the website is best for you as citizens for a pro-life society.net. Yeah, the, web, 
website, Mark, and two websites. If people want to learn okay. about Red Rose Rescue, easy, easy, easy. Just go to redroserescue.com. I even have a video right on the homepage that talks about what we do and why we do it. And then there's prolifesociety.com. That's our website for CPLS. Okay. All right. So again, my guest has been Dr. Monica Miller. Folks, you can find out more about Created Equal by going to createdequal.org. Or to find out more about our program, go to markharrington.org. Again, we're giving away five of these books. If you go on our website, fill up, fill out the contact form uh, and let us know that you want to have the book. We're going to we're going to have to you know, give us your address. And uh, we'll send that to you free of charge. And then join us in front of the abortion centers, folks. We need you out there holding signs, sidewalk counseling, and all the rest. So you've been listening to The Mark Harrington Show. My guest today has been Dr. Monica Miller. You can find out more at citizensforaprolifesociety.net or redroserescues.redroserescue.com. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil Evil. plague in America, Call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.